Good day, everyone. My name is Carlos. Welcome to one more episode of My Life Without Limits. Uh, it's been really exciting to have all of our guests coming up, and we had a, a wonderful guest yesterday and multiple guests in season three. And mm-hmm. I would like to welcome my co-host, the brain of the podcast, the person who is always behind this pairing people up all the time and gathering people all the time so that's very exciting uh leah eisen how are you doing today i'm doing very well thank you really good that's good that's good yeah. do you enjoy the the sunny day this past couple yeah. of days so it's kind of nice to yes much yesterday, better. yesterday we had the the first day of summer so do yeah, you enjoy do you, do you enjoy that yeah it was nice Awesome. Didn't really do much for it, but we have uh, my daughter has baseball tonight, so it's good to have the weather back to where it's okay to, <laughs> to play, sit outside to play and baseball walk. out eh? and to watch. Yeah. I gotta come to one of those games one of those dates with my with my imaginary with my imaginary pom poms. Oh, yeah. you're all, you're almost on the season. Okay, I'm so I bet season already. I better uh, better hurry up and go to one of those games mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> but um. Uh, anyways, I, I would love uh, for you, Leah, to introduce our new uh, wonderful guest that we have today. Um, you mm-hmm. were able to connect with her, and uh, as you, most of our guests, you were able to connect them with. So I will mm-hmm. let you introduce her and uh, and just welcome welcome her to our to our platform and welcome welcome her to our listeners. Yeah, no, I'm glad. It's uh, thank you to social media for bringing people into my life. And yes, we have Alexa here with us. And I saw a tweet that she did and I was like, oh, she's interesting. (laughs) And then just was like, hey, you want to be on the podcast? (laughs) So that's usually how it goes. So I know a little bit about you, but why don't you just start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you so we can just learn some more. Thanks for having me. Very excited to talk to both of you. I am Alexa Heinrich. I am a social media strategist in sunny Florida, although my first day of summer yesterday was just maelstroms of rain, so very different from the first day (laughs) of summer that it sounds like y'all had, Um, but I work in higher education. I work for a college here in Florida, and I also happen to be a very passionate accessibility advocate, so Mm -hmm. I educate others about how to create accessible social media content. So that's kind of my niche within accessibility. I run a website called Accessible Social. I have books called Accessible Social, a newsletter, Mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff. So that is my big passion in life is teaching others how they can create an inclusive experience for social media users. That's good. Even me, I need to learn, you know, like, there's lots to learn. And I remember when we started doing the image descriptions and stuff. And at first I was putting so much detail in and then that I'm hearing, well, don't put too much detail. (laughs) Just can be, give them my idea. And I'm like, okay. And then it was remembering to do it. So I had to put a sticky note on my computer to say, don't forget (laughs) to do all this stuff. And um, I just noticed that slowly while the platforms are making it a lot easier, like Twitter and Mm -hmm. all that are making it easier to put in those or they write them themselves i haven't looked into if they're any good like the ones that the platforms write. i didn't think that they would be (laughs) no they're they're really not uh meta products have had ai generated image descriptions for a while now so if you're a facebook user or instagram user 
if you don't write custom alt text for an image, they have AI generated alt yeah. text and it's usually just like a jumble of keywords. So it's uh -huh. not really <laughs> describing an image. It's right. more of picking out details and throwing a bunch of words into the box. So they're, they're really not good, unfortunately. Right. I wish they were better because it'd be nice if we could use AI for something. It, yes, exactly. <laughs> Instead of being terrified of it, because I don't know what's going to happen with it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, somebody who's working on Facebook can connect with you, Alexa, so you can give them the the right advice on how to to do proper right. proper uh, accessibility <laughs> tools. <laughs> oh, I have a laundry list of things I would love to tell Facebook about yeah. their interface and accessibility, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> laundry list. <laughs> I can imagine. I know. <laughs> It's so true. Um, so like, how did you fall into that, the accessible social? Like, do you have a disability yourself? Are you able-bodied, just an advocate? So I do consider myself disabled. Um, I have a kidney condition. I'm slowly losing my hearing in my right ear. Um, I have anxiety. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on in my world. But before I really got into the accessibility space, I didn't consider myself a disabled person. Mm -hmm. I just had never thought of it. Um, so learning more about accessibility really um, impacted me personally in, mm -hmm. in addition to professionally. But I previously worked for a large community college system in Chicago. So I'm originally from Chicago, if you can't tell by the way I, I say love Chicago. Of I, my mouth. <laughs> I like um, it. <laughs> and I work in social media, so a lot of times with social media roles, we have other duties as assigned. Mm -hmm. And one of my other duties as assigned for this institution was managing the sliders on our homepage for the website. Right. So just going in and changing them out and whatnot. And I was doing that one day several years ago, and the digital strategist on my team asked me if I was writing alt text for those images. And I kind of just looked at her like, I have no idea what you're talking about. My background is in marketing and graphic design and accessibility, you know, wasn't really something that I learned about in school mm -hmm. or anywhere in my career. Yeah. So she explained, you know, what alt text was and how to do it with our website. And I just remember being kind of horrified that I had missed this crucial step with my content creation. I know. Mm -hmm. went home, did more personal research into accessibility and how it related to social media, because that was yeah. my primary focus for my job yeah. and just never wanted to stop learning more about it and started yelling at other people about it and writing mm -hmm. about it and tweeting <laughs> about it. And here I am several years later, um, still talking about it. Yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, it's such a big deal. And I mean, everything on that website, like you're, you're, it's free resources and you've got booklets and you've got like, I was going under all the different categories and you've got information about how to post videos and make them more accessible and audio and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, that's just awesome that you've done that. Like, that's a lot of work. No, it's a lot of work. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a long time coming. And the reason that I put it together was because when I tried to learn about accessibility specifically for social media yeah. content, I had to hop all over the internet. Yeah. Most of the information out there is for websites and web developers. Mm -hmm. It's not really for, you know, marketing and social yeah. media. So I wanted to make life a little bit easier for 
other folks who have, you know, a job role similar to mine and just began curating all this information. I had it on my personal website and then eventually I was like, okay, this needs to live in its own house, built the website um, and updated all the time. And I love it. Leah, Leah would probably love it because I mean, Leah, Leah is all about social media (laughs) and it's always, always in social media so (laughs) Leah will probably but it's very useful for me as well to look at it because uh, we are both looking at our Instagram page for our podcast and we always have to look and see how to make it more accessible for for all of our followers that are on that on that page which yeah so it's very exciting to look at that yeah we always want to make sure because especially with the podcast it was like we have to figure out how to make it a hundred percent you know, accessible. I want people to be able to read the words, hear the words and see us and all that stuff. Yeah. It was just, that was a big, a big thing for us to do. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it that you just wouldn't necessarily think about if, you know, that's not your lived experience. And Mm -hmm. that's really what I wanted to stress to people is that you have to think about your content from so many different angles because You know, your audience is diverse and the people who follow you are diverse. So your content needs to be diverse and kind of meet everyone where they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. And once you start doing it, it becomes such a habit. Like I remember when I first started capitalizing all of the words, the first letter of each word in a hashtag. Mm -hmm. At first I was like, it just kind of was like, but then now I'm like totally I just do it. It's just like, it's like, it's like natural now after you do it. And so it doesn't have to be daunting or it doesn't have to be another task you have to do it, get into it. And because, you know, one of us, who knows, I could one day need, (laughs) you know, to have something more accessible for me. Like we don't know, we're all temporarily able-bodied and you just never know when you're going to need that. And I love that you say that because I, I think when I when I try to educate people, I try to do, you know give them some basic information about disability. Yeah. And I always stress that everyone is going to be impacted by disability at some mm-hmm. point in their life. That's yeah. just plain simple facts because we all age. Mm-hmm. And eventually you are going to have a disability. Mm-hmm. You are going to identify as disabled simply by the fact that your body gets old. So it's important to kind of stress that with everyone of, you know, we we say that disability is the largest minority. It's not a minority. It's the majority of the world, honestly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, actually that's that's very true. (laughs) That's actually a good point because people don't see it that way. People don't see it as a majority. People see it as a minority. And people, even, even my own family sometimes are like, well, you know, I was talking to, to one of my family members and she was saying to me, you have to, basically her response was, you have to adapt the way we are, the way people are, because we are the way we are. And I'm like, well, yes. So that means that then we wouldn't have, we shouldn't have accessibility on social media. We shouldn't have accessibility on website because we have to adapt 
with the rest of the world. But that's not really what it has to happen because, as you're saying, we are major majority instead of minority, right? But people mm -hmm. look at it differently, and it's it's, it's it needs to change because, it's, as you're saying, Alexa, we're all gonna eat eventually. We're all ge yeah. getting there, and the. There's no way to stop it, even though people want to stop it. <laughs> we we can't really stop it. Yeah. You know, we, we yeah. we're gonna go. It's inevitable. Time. It happens to all of us. So yeah. yeah, exactly. And I mean, grandparents want to, you know, like my grandfather's 90 and he's on Facebook because he wants to keep up with what we're doing mm -hmm. and seeing, you know just pictures that we're posting in our day-to-day -day lives. So it's like, yeah, we want it to be easy for him to be able to do that. And um, he's funny because when I text him, he always sends random emojis. And I'm like, what does that mean? It's a whale. I don't understand. <laughs> but I think he's just... It means something, something to grandpa, though. It <laughs> means him, something I'm like, to grandpa. Uh, <laughs> or a dragon. He sent me a dragon yesterday when I... Had texted him and I was like, I don't know what to do, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great point because accessibility isn't just for folks who have a visible or distinct disability. I mean, accessibility makes you know content easier to consume for a variety of people, whether they have a disability or not. So just yeah. aging in general. I mean, my my parents are getting older and you know, they yeah. have reading glasses, they have distance glasses. I show them how to zoom in on their phones, put the text bigger so they don't have to struggle <laughs> yes. through it. So, which is, those are all accessibility tools. If you yeah. wear glasses, I have contacts. That's yeah. an accessibility tool. I would walk into door frames without my contacts. <laughs> <laughs> so I am extremely, extremely, uh, I think, farsighted? Far nearsighted. Far I'm nearsighted. nearsighted <laughs> I'm a little of both. I did have to increase the font on my tablet for my reading when I read on there. I increased it the other day. I was like, oh my God, but it's fine. Oh, you I are getting older, Leah. <laughs> I learned that you could, like uh, last year, I learned that you can actually make the size of the captions on YouTube bigger and move them around. My friend oh, right. that. And I was like, what? And that was, yes. that was life changing for me because I, use captions for everything because yeah. for me um, it's easier for me to cognitively consume information when it's in a visual format rather than an yeah. audio format so captions love captions plus you yes. pick up all the like little whispered tidbits in your favorite shows and true. <laughs> captions are great we use we use yeah them all the time even my daughter she's 13 she's always used them and just because I think sometimes like if it's somebody has an accent, she doesn't understand, she can't mm -hmm. understand mm -hmm. a lot of it. So then it, it will say everything. And yeah, we kind of both, both, you know, ADHD and, and stuff. So it's like, sometimes it's like, you just don't get, it doesn't get in there. <laughs> you don't absorb yeah. what they're saying. As soon as we're going to watch something where someone has a British accent, my mom's like, turn the captions on. <laughs> She's like, they're going to talk too fast and I'm not going to understand. <laughs> that. Exactly. That's funny. <laughs> You know, I love that. No, it's just amazing stuff. So you're in Florida, you were saying? Yes, I'm on the Gulf Coast. I'm like in the Tampa Bay area. Okay. Yeah, so it's beautiful here today. It mm -hmm. poured uh, cats and dogs this morning. <laughs> it was another maelstrom that came through. But mm -hmm. in true summer fashion with Florida, it's beautiful and sunny out right now. Um, mm -hmm. That happens quite frequently here. It'll rain in the morning and then the afternoon yeah. is gorgeous. <laughs> 
Yeah, we had uh, not in Alberta, there was snow this weekend. There was rain. <laughs> there was well, fires still, I think. There's just everything. And it's just like, yeah, no, it's it's a lot. <laughs> I'm originally from Chicago, so I understand getting all four seasons in a single day. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Chicago um, once. I really liked it. It was just, yeah. I don't know what it was, just the vibe. I just really, really enjoyed it. We joke with Chicago, there's actually five seasons. It's spring, summer, fall, winter, and construction. We have that too. <laughs> we talk about that too. <laughs> summer is construction season because mm-hmm. it is everywhere. Yeah. And it never seems to end. Alexa, did you do any type of uh, workshops or anything for people to learn more about tools or accessible tools on social media or stuff like that? Or it's more yeah. like people approach you as to connect with you or you or you do some sort of workshops like what what do you I, do I get a lot of requests to do webinars and presentations okay. for various groups organizations conferences um, around the world really so I have a few more left this year and then I'm actually taking an indefinite break from presenting because I'm very tired mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the website kind of does the job right now so I'm like okay I deserve a little break mm-hmm. um, but yeah I've given presentations to I mean so many different groups including the um, World Health Organization digital oh. marketers I've given a presentation to the U.S. Congressional Progressive Caucus, so their digital staffers. Um, the I just did a couple weeks ago, or was it last week? I don't know. Time is an illusion at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've actually presented to the National ADA Symposium two years in a row now. Oh, so that's always really cool. Um, but yeah, just so many different cool groups and people who want to learn more about accessibility. So. I think the one year I gave somewhere like 70 presentations in oh, my Lord. year. Yeah. Yeah. So I cut back a little bit this year um, and I've tried to make my presentation that I do more available in a recorded format so that if, you know, I'm not available or people just don't um, sync up with my calendar, you know, mm-hmm. they can just watch this recording of my presentation and kind of get the lowdown on accessible best practices for social yeah. media content creation. That is awesome. That is fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't realize that you can explore and exploit more avenues towards doing uh, that stuff. But I'm pretty sure people will take a lot out of this because, again, I'm not a I'm not that much of a social media person, but I know Leah, it's like the guru of social media here in our mm-hmm. office. So so she she's definitely... She's definitely just wing it. <laughs> take take uh, take a lot out of out of your your tools for sure. Because I mean, looking yeah. at your website it looks pretty complete and uh, looks really oh. interesting. <laughs> really, really interesting. And I like it that is. I like what what you did because it feels like it's universal, right? It's not mm-hmm. only for the U.S. focus yeah. or or yeah. certain part of the U.S., but you can you can use it anywhere for anywhere around the world. Not only like. U.S. space, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So, it's all, yeah, it's like, I, I've tried really hard to make it universal. Um, obviously, a lot of the people that come to me are located here in the United States, but and they have questions about like the Americans with Disabilities Act, which mm-hmm. like I am not an expert. That thing is older <laughs> than me yeah. and older than the internet, mm-hmm. which 
is a problem for us yes. here. <laughs> yes. um, but I try really hard to apply that kind of global lens to social media since, you know, it's all over the world. I can't speak to every different social media platform out there because there are countries that have different ones than, you know, here in the West. Yeah. So, but I wanted to really be as universal as possible and easy for people to navigate and find the information they need um, when they visit the site. Yeah, and, and it's awesome because in other countries, they have people who are aging and who are going through yeah. to a disability or even, mm-hmm. I'm from Mexico and I'm pretty sure, people, well, no, I'm pretty sure, I know people in Mexico are using Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. and all the different platforms where people can take your information from your website and learn more about about that. Because I hear a lot of people saying, oh, we are two steps behind the United States, or we're two steps behind Canada. Well, you can still, people like yourself who are doing a global, you know, as universal as possible, accessible website can learn from this and, and be one step forward yeah. from, from two step behind instead of two step behind. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. it's always, I always tell people, if you're going to make excuses about your country, uh, you better go forward instead of going backwards. Yeah. That's just... Yeah my opinion of of what i have to say about accessibility of course there are government and politics which we don't want to get into that but still we you can work on, on becoming a better a better for your community so it's it's always it's always a good thing in my opinion so yes definitely and honestly when it comes to social media accessibility i don't think anyone's really ahead or behind on the game because there aren't really governmental policies in most countries that apply to accessibility and social media specifically. Some of them have policies around web accessibility, but it's kind of blurry when you talk about social media just because social media is still considered like the baby within the marketing world and how it functions. So, which again is a problem here in the United States because our major disability law, which is the Americans with Disability Act, again, is older than me. It's mm-hmm. 30, I think it turns 33 this year. Yeah. Um, and it really applies mostly to physical facilities yeah. and employment. Exactly. Whereas, you know, the internet kind of needs some regulations as well, especially social media where people are very creative with the content that they ruin out. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the disabled communities often, especially here in Alberta, when winter is around, they're isolated. And mm-hmm. that's the only way that they can communicate, you know, with the rest of the world. Alberta doesn't even have an accessibility legislature. We're like one, there's two provinces in Canada that don't, and we are one of them. And oh, wow. we've been working very hard this year with a lot of organizations to to make it get happen, it going. to get it going, and <laughs> we make it want, happen. Don't want to be the last. <laughs> get, it, get it going and make it happen for sure. But it's yeah. a it's a really interesting topic that you bring, Alexa, because I think you're right. I think we need to regulate some sort of the internet in the internet world and social media world, and people don't really look into it. I think people just really look into 
regulating the physical aspect of the accessibility for the physical world. And mm -hmm. yes, it is important to regulate that. And it is important that people work on that. But what about social media? What about the internet as well? I mean, yes, we have freedom of speech, but I think there's also have to be some sort of a regulation on, on that, yes. in my, my opinion. <laughs> and I think you, you bring a good topic on, on that sense. Yeah. yeah, and I think the hard part when it comes to stuff like social media and the internet is in comparison to the physical world, it moves so fast and it changes so frequently. Mm -hmm. Even the platforms themselves are still doing a lot of catch up when it comes to accessibility. I mean, Instagram didn't have an alt text field until 2018. Right. Um, the alt text field on Twitter was still something that you had to toggle on in the settings up until I think last spring. Yeah, like they really opted. Reason. Yeah, you yeah. opted into it. Um, yeah. And now they have like the reminder that pops up that you yes. can opt into if you forget alt text. So the platforms themselves are still trying to get to that good place of we're offering options and accessible options to our users. So, which is why when I created the website, it was really meant to complement the fact that I was in the middle of writing my big guidebook and I kept stressing over writing the guidebook because I'm like, wait, do I, should I even do this? Because it's going to be out of date as soon as I publish <laughs> So then I was like, oh my gosh, I need, I need to build like a separate website. That's not just my personal website where I've stored all this information. Mm -hmm. So then I started building the website basically as the fallback for the guidebook. So there's a little blurb in the end of the guidebook says, for the most updated information on accessible best practices for social media, <laughs> please visit the accessible social website yeah. at accessible-social.com. Yeah. I, I just needed that safety net because it yeah. really stressed me out. I bet. Yeah. No, you're right. That's that is something because it is always changing, but it will always I think it'll be here and it'll just get stronger and stronger and, and more needed. So it's like, why not just start? Like it just should be that. And there's been like blog posts have come out recently, like from Buffer and different places that just talk about it, but it's just very, very like, it's like maybe like five things and it's very surface. It's not. Yeah. It's very really high level. More. Mm -hmm. So I've contributed, I'm not the Buffer one. I've contributed to some of the platforms talking about accessibility for social media. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's better to do it now. I always tell people it's better to be proactive about accessibility for your social media content rather than reactive when someone suddenly decides we're going to sue you because <laughs> yeah. you are creating barriers to my online experience, which is happening um, here in the United States. Uh, there were several high profile universities and colleges that were sued a few years ago because the video content on their websites wasn't captioned and mm. i know the people at those universities who have dealt with this fallout and they are still yeah. dealing with the fallout of all of it so wow. yeah it's 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 fun um that's why you should definitely <laughs> yep. i mean outside of just being a good person yeah. but you also just don't want to be sued because who wants to deal with lawyers? Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. And I think, yeah, I mean, going two steps ahead or being proactive is always always better than just waiting to see, to get sued or something. I think, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I often think that people find 
the little things to sue people just for for just trying to gain a little bit of, you know a little bit of publicity or a little bit of money but i also understand <laughs> the the fact that they should be ahead of of the game you know mm -hmm. mostly in a world that you're in the 21st century now you're supposed to be you know making as much accessibility on social media and it may be mostly in the internet world as as possible right so Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I I I live in the United States. I understand people being Sue happy, mm -hmm. <laughs> very Sue happy country. <laughs> so I totally get that perspective. But and even outside of like you know being a good person and you know not getting sued, accessible content is just better for your marketing overall. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you're a marketer, you're like base instinct is I need to reach as many people as possible. And when you create accessible content, it helps you accomplish that. Because if more people can access your content, more people can engage with your brand, you know, do your calls to action, so on and so forth. So yeah, accessibility is good for marketing. And yeah. as you said before, it's good for everybody. Like if you may, if you if you do it accessible, it's good for everyone. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's good overall for everybody. Right? So. Yeah. It's benefit yeah. for everyone. So yeah, yeah, it is. Even on Twitter, there's a because I do. I still do our social media for the Alberta Ability Network initiative that we do. So it's like the advocacy and the government relations part of our organization. So I'm always putting like using the words accessible and accessibility and tweets and whatever. And if I don't do that alt text, if I forget to do that, there's automatically this national accessibility awareness week mm -hmm. account will send you something right away that says oh it looks like you're into accessibility did you know that you could <laughs> yeah there's i don't know if all the bots are still working just because twitter has changed access to its api so i know a lot of them had to shut down but there were several really useful um alt text utility bots that existed mm -hmm. that you could basically follow them and if you follow them it knows okay i'm gonna keep an eye on your stuff and if you tweeted <laughs> something that didn't have alt text on it it would let you know like hey you forgot the alt text yeah so which was awesome when we didn't have the alt text reminder right. that twitter yeah. now has and i wish everyone would turn on <laughs> yeah yeah it, it like seems like very <laughs> obvious to me that you should turn it on but yeah. yeah and they do it in a tweet so it's like they're shaming you for everybody to see that you forgot <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like, oh. the twitter the twitter one is a lot nicer because it just pops up before you post your thing of like hey you forgot yeah. an image description whereas the other ones are like no this is going to be a public shaming <laughs> the gif of, from game of thrones of shame yes shame. exactly <laughs> but i think i think it's good though because it shows you to learn it keeps you yeah. you know it gives you the opportunity to learn if you don't want to learn from it then too bad they're going to shame you regardless because you need to learn you need to learn yeah, to be, that's, be inclusive that's why i liked when twitter made the visible alt text badge because not only is it a good learning tool for other people to see how others write alt text yeah. but it's also an accountability uh, accountability tool yes because you can tell when someone hasn't written alt text or you can tell when someone has misused the alt text field right which is okay. My favorite that I get sent quite frequently right now is like people hiding jokes and hidden messages. And oh, yes. really? I've heard about oh. that. 
so many things in the alt text field that shouldn't go in the alt text field. I this this is the problem is these tools become you know more widespread and more visible if we're not properly educating people about how to use them. Yes. Then they get abused and misused. So while Twitter, you know, did a really nice job with a lot of their accessibility features because mm -hmm. of everything that happened with the ownership change last yes. year, mm -hmm. they don't have an accessibility experience team anymore. So yeah. there's no one really left at Twitter to do that educational piece that they were pretty yeah. good at doing before, which is a shame. So mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely see people abusing the alt text field, which is just so frustrating yeah yeah i had heard about that and i was like what <laughs> i was like mm -hmm. oh it, yeah that was really that's very, that's very shocking to me but i i honestly don't use twitter because i don't know how to use it properly i mean i i have an account Fine. but stay uh, away stay away you don't you don't want to <laughs> jump in there now <laughs> i have an account but i don't really i never learned how to use that so yeah. I, I barely know how to use facebook so uh, but <laughs> um, yeah so Anyone who knows how to use Facebook, kudos to them, because that platform changes like every other week. I get on there, I'm like, what, what is happening with this interface? Where, where is the thing I need? Where is that gone? It took me 20 minutes the other day to figure out how to see the admins for a group I'm in. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's so true. And they make it so hard now to even just be seen, you know, like organizations. It's like they want you to pay so bad to get yourself seen. And it's like just let us do our thing. <laughs> yeah, which is like another big problem when it comes mm -hmm. to accessibility on platforms. If you're constantly changing your platform, that can be really disorienting for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Especially with, you know, I said it a few years ago, like the birthday um, pop-up for Facebook. So when I click to wish someone a happy birthday, mm -hmm. it kind of threw me the first time I did it because there's no visible like button right the message yeah it just, you're right it thinks you're going to intuitively know to press enter which i did not despite being like 28 at the time and an internet user most of my life is like how how do i post it but it thinks that you just know that you're going to press enter so which is not accessible i encountered that too because i didn't when i was gonna I was just, I was going to hit enter, but then I was like, wait, is this going to my status? Is this going to their wall? Like, I wasn't mm -hmm. sure where it was going. And then I panicked and didn't do it. <laughs> that person didn't get wished happy birthday by Leah yeah. that year. And we're so sorry, but it's Facebook's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, so I really hope uh, somebody from Facebook is listening to this because I really, uh, yeah, I really think... <laughs> They should really listen to this and stop making so many changes on their interface yeah. for persons who need more accessibility. Come on, Facebook. Mm -hmm. like, you guys are very smart. If you guys create this platform, you guys know how to make it way easier for people, right? So Yeah. yeah. Less focus on the metaverse, more fixing of the user interface yeah. and bugs. Please. Please. Yes. <laughs> Begging you. <laughs> That's true. Um, do you, so you're doing work at the university, right? You said right now? Yeah, and I work for a college. Right, so you do the college. Do you ever, do you see at all, or are you aiming to do the social accessibility stuff, like, as a job, like your career, career, and then, like, full-time, or is that kind of just 
In a perfect world, I would work for a management system like Sprout mm. Social or Buffer or later any of those um, and kind of work client side, educating other people about, you know, yeah. how to make their content accessible. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my like ideal situation because people always tell me like, oh, you should just go freelance. It's like, well, I'm a single woman who has specialty doctors and prescriptions that I need. So yeah. um, yeah. health insurance down here in the United States doesn't make that very easy. Right. So, and my favorite is what I'm told to go freelance full time by people who are married with spouses that have health insurance plans that they're on. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, your situation is different than mine. Wait, yeah, wait. I don't have a spouse. I have a cat, and she doesn't <laughs> provide me with health insurance. <laughs> so, yeah, I would love to do um, the advocacy work full yeah. time with accessibility and social media. I love what I do. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just not disciplined enough to do it full time. <laughs> so like kudos to people who do that and have yeah. discipline and that can be structured. Whereas me, I'd probably sleep till noon every day, <laughs> given the chance. So, but yeah, if, if a company were to build some sort of position that is all about consulting clients on creating accessible social media content, I would absolutely jump at that. And I think that more companies and brands should have positions like absolutely. that, where it is sure. someone focused on web and digital accessibility, because yeah. that is not a role that people should be taking on in like a volunteer basis no. in addition to their you know, main role. It yeah. should be its own paid role within a company. Absolutely. And I think that those companies will benefit from it because I mean, mm -hmm. how many companies, again, how many companies are not doing proper accessibility on social media right now? So, so many. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to point companies right now, but I know some, some companies who are not mm -hmm. doing proper accessibility on social media that they could use somebody like yourself or some, or, or whoever wants to work in the, in the role, but in this case yourself in, 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 in those companies, right? So, yeah, sure. yeah. There's a lot of brands that would definitely benefit from it, and that's why I like the idea of working for like a you know a Sprout Social or Hootsuite. Mm -hmm. They deal with a lot of different organizations, and I'm not just at one organization and only benefiting that single entity, right? Um, because I know that it's not the easiest thing to go about learning about this subject, especially if you don't know where to start. Like, kudos to brands like NASA who do an extraordinary right. job with their web accessibility and yes, their social media content. But I can only imagine how that conversation started and, you know, the different avenues they had to take to get to where they are yeah. uh, probably wasn't the easiest thing. Plus, I can't imagine trying to describe space and all their images, which they do. That's really true. <laughs> yeah, that is I read true. one today and I was just like, you have to have like an astrophysics degree in yeah. order to know how to describe some of this. That's so true. Oh my God. Yeah. I never thought about that. I'm going to go take a look. That'll be, <laughs> be, be interesting to talk to one of those guys. I've been in a NASA website, so it's very interesting to look at, look at, look at them and how did they are able to do such a great website and such a great, uh, 
tools and accessibility mm. from that website. It would be yeah. really awesome to talk to them for sure. The main, and I love it because I'm pretty sure the tagline on the main um, NASA Twitter is spaces for everyone. Right. And that really leans into that tagline because yes. they started sharing images from the Webb telescope and uh, the James Webb telescope, whatever its full name is. And those images are extremely detailed and their image descriptions really match that level of detail. And when they first started sharing them and people brought it to my attention of like, look at this image description. I think I devoted like an entire newsletter issue when I was still writing my newsletter about it and basically described it as a love letter to space exploration because that's what it felt like. Right. Like they really poured a lot of description into these images and these images need it because it's awesome. such an abstract subject space. Yeah. I mean, I just, I hear like Star Trek music in my head right now. <laughs> I know. The final frontier. And I was like, yeah. And they really leaned into that. That is awesome. Yeah. And speaking of your newsletter, something else I loved on your website um, about where you'd say that with speaking engagements, you're taking a break. And then there was your facts. And then it said, what's going on with the newsletter? And you said, I don't have the mental capacity. And I went, that's right. Like you should be able to say that because I think it's ableist for people to assume that you could do it all. Right. People with disabilities have battery packs that are, you know, they're not 12 hours. They could be eight hours or four hours. So I love that you are just being like, I just don't have it. I think people should yeah. do that more often. It's yeah, really I, I kind of <laughs> got humorous with those, those questions because yeah. You know, like, what's going on with the newsletter? I'm like, your guess is as good as mine. I don't <laughs> um, because I just, again, I don't have the mental bandwidth to juggle it right now. And the yeah. newsletter has changed so many times in the time that I've been doing it. I'm like, I don't really know what I want this to be. Maybe it doesn't need to exist anymore because the website has become so robust. Maybe mm -hmm. I can hold it into the website in some way. So these are all things that I kind of want to think about while I'm taking a break from public speaking engagement. So try to reprioritize what I'm working on and do it in a less public manner. So, you know, as I said at the end of my little spiel yesterday of I want to work at a slower pace and at a pace that doesn't involve deadlines because a lot of my speaking engagements have deadlines involved with them when I need to have, you know, decks to people or have headshots and, you know, the time that I need to commit to being on camera mm -hmm. that I'm frequently doing on my lunch hour. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of reassessing all that and making Good. the information that I share more robust and stronger so that I mm -hmm. can continue to make the world a more accessible place for everyone. Yeah. And it's good that you point that out because I think I think we need I keep saying this, but we need more people like yourself. More because as Leah one time she told me she said that this world is not accessible for her person with, with like oh, right. yeah. like us, right? But the world wasn't made for you. How do we know that we cannot make this world accessible to us as well? Like mm -hmm. yes, it, it is not made for us. And I used to believe that it will never be made for us. Uh, I would be like, maybe it's not made for me in this lifetime, but maybe we can do something about it for the next generation. Mm -hmm. Make the world a better place, right? So or make the world the world accessible to everyone, as you're saying. So yeah. it's, a, it's a good, good, good point in a sense. And I think it's all about mentality because 
and the way people think, because I think when you were talking about uh, t taking a break from your newsletter and people assuming that you will be doing the newsletter or asking questions about, yes, I, I need to see this newsletter in a way, maybe they don't say it straightforward, but that's the way they kind of come, come across. It's like, it's good for you, as Leah says, to say, I don't have the capacity to do it. Mm -hmm. And mm. I don't want to adjust, or I don't need to adjust to your to to the people's needs because that's the way people agreed to it. I mean, my my whole dilemma in, in my lifetime is like, oh, you need to walk faster, Carlos, because the rest of the people walk fast. Mm. I'm like, why? Like, why can I don't walk on my own pace and enjoy the mall or enjoy the wherever I'm going on the street on the side on my own? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I, I don't have to do all, oh, you need to do this in social media because the rest of the people are using stuff in social media this way. Well, I don't think we do. I think we can make it, the more accessible we make it, the better it is. That's just my opinion. And I think people need to open their eyes a little bit that the world is changing and the world is needs to become more inclusive in, in a way. Yeah. Plus, why do you need to meet people where they are if it does not, you know, if it doesn't accommodate you and your needs? Why can't people meet you where you are? So exactly. why do you need to walk faster? Why can't your friends walk a little bit slower and enjoy the time with you? Yeah, that's what you need. So it's not going to encroach on their experience unless it's like dire that they get somewhere, yeah. you know, in the next five minutes. So that's. You know, again, it goes to thinking outside of your own lived experience. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, not everyone lives like you or acts like you or sees yeah. the world the way that you do. And I think that's really important in a lot of different aspects, but it's especially when you're creating communications online. So yeah. you need to meet your audience where they are. Yeah. The only time we want you to walk faster is when the, the fire alarm goes off. And off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when the fire alarm goes yeah. off. That was the only time that we were like, oh, because we, we won't go without you. Like, I, Yeah, I had a coworker in my, in my old job in Chicago, and we were in a high-rise downtown. Um, and she was just the sweetest woman. But she had a mobility issue never you know she 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 worked at a desk it, it didn't really like it's not something that we thought about on a day-to-day -day basis well then we had a fire alarm and we were all like uh we were not told there was a drill so we think this is real and when we got to you know the stairwell she, she didn't come down with us and i'm like well, what are you doing she's like i've been told that i need to stay here i'm like oh, oh. I, mm, I i can't i can't leave you here nine floors up and wait for firefighters to come nine wow. floors up in their gear. I'm like, if you are amenable, would you like help down the stairs? She's like, yeah, I don't really want to. And we carried her down the stairs. I'm like, I'm not leaving you. Wow. I, I can't, that's not going to happen. So I understand like that's procedure, but if the building is on fire, I'm not leaving you here. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> good, good for you that you did that because, yeah. because how many people just, would say, okay, we're waiting for the firefighters. Well, what if the firefighters don't come or the fire is already up in, the, up in their neck and, and, you know, and there's a real fire? No. I'm the daughter of a firefighter. We ain't leaving someone behind in the right. stairwell. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, I don't think it's hard to work into like office health and safety to say, mm -hmm. 
we have a fire alarm that goes off, we need to make sure everyone gets out. That includes mm-hmm. this person. So Carlos, how would we, how would you like us to go about it? And then right. if, if it's, we have to carry you, we assign people to say you and you and you are going to grab Carlos and you're mm-hmm. going to go, you know, or. And that's what we did moving forward is we did. Um, and thankfully it did turn out to be a, a drill that they forgot mm-hmm. to notify the building about, which, you know, Sometimes they do just to see yeah. how your response actually is. And moving yeah. forward, we did, you know, say, well, you you should really have a roster where people volunteer information if they do have, you know, a mobility issue that's going to prevent them from getting down the stairs during an emergency. You know, security needs to know who those people are because they yeah. need to be able to tell, you know, the emergency crew of such and such is on floor nine in the middle stairwell. Mm-hmm. you need to make them a priority. So that was something that we adjusted that, you know, we made accommodations to make mm-hmm. that environment safer for our coworkers. Like, I'm, I'm not leaving her behind exactly. <laughs> over my dead body. Am I leaving her behind? But if yeah. she were to tell me like, oh no, security knows that I'm on floor nine in the middle stairwell and firefighters will be alerted. I'm like, okay, if you're good yes. with that situation, then I am absolutely going to listen to your preference. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, That's agreed. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, life without limits is kind of what we, you know, that's our tagline at Cerebral Palsy Alberta. Life without limits. Um, so, do you um, like what does life without limits mean to you? And do you feel you live life without limits? Life to oh, life without limits for me. Oh, I don't know if I've ever thought about that. I think it's a tough one. <laughs> so I think if I were to 100% live my life without limits, um, there would be less anxiety in my life. Um, I actually have a speech impediment, which no one has probably noticed because I think about it with every word that comes out of my mouth. Right. That's exhausting. I, <laughs> yeah, it's exhausting. And I've adjusted speech patterns to mask the fact that I have this speech impediment. And I think if I was to truly live my life without limits, I probably wouldn't do that. And it wouldn't bring so much anxiety to me, but it does. And sometimes I can hear it and it slips up, but I've learned, you know, in the past 32 years of living with this speech impediment Mm -hmm. that the older I get, the less it bothers me because who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I used to have a really visceral reaction when I would slip up. And now when I slip up, I just keep rolling. I was like, yeah. it happened. No one probably noticed but exactly. me. Um, <laughs> so I've been trying to do that more, especially because I was very anxious when I decided to start doing public speaking because of the speech mm-hmm. impediment. And it's actually helped a lot um to do these speaking engagements because i have less anxiety about it now because again who cares (laughs) so yeah that's kind of how i've thought about it so it's really funny because it's like my f and v words are affected so if i slip up and i like noticeably slip slip up i will drop the f-bomb because it's a word that's impacted (laughs) (laughs) and people think it's funny i was like okay cool i love it yeah so that's kind of how I've tried to roll with life without limits, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't have minded that at all. <laughs> that would be totally fine. Well, it's like second nature. So yeah. 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 
And I love your response because everyone, like I always said, everyone has different responses. And I think the way that you responded is your unique way to to living your life without limits. And I think that uh, that's that's what, what it makes great this question because everyone has their own unique way of living living a life without limits. And I think it's thank you for that answer because mm-hmm. it's a it's a learning opportunity for me and Leah and all of our audiences mm-hmm. who are listening to 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 hear this because I think some people might relate to your answer, you know, when when it comes Absolutely. to to listening to it, uh, to this episode, or uh, as many people will listen to it, right? So, which yeah. I'm pretty sure it will be a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I just remember when um, President Joe Biden was running for um, the presidency, and there, I I think it was like the the Democratic National Convention or whatever it is, and. Joe Biden, I don't know how many people in Canada know this, but he has a stutter. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he had a little boy uh, speak, do a whole speech. Yeah. And I sobbed through the entire thing. So I was like, yes, that that is how I want to live my life. This little boy was you know, really excited to do this speech for yeah. a presidential candidate. And I, I think that was just a really poignant moment for me because I'm like, that kid is, is a lot braver than me because <laughs> there is no way. So I really, that resonated with me, which, you know, goes to representation and how we're a diverse world. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. Very, 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 very great. Thank you, Alexa, for being a part of this show, for being a part of our podcast, mm. for reaching out and for connecting with Leah. After Leah sent you a couple messages, thank you so much. Your message, thank yes, you I for people. I know. Thank you for that. You you do, but but look at look at what you bring when you stalk people. You know, like you bring somebody like Alexa. It's so, a good kind of stalking. It's, it's a good kind of stalk, you know. And and so if you're bringing more people like Alexa, I keep keep stalking people. So I know. You do. I've actually got somebody who's an accessible marketer oh, that's going to be coming on too yeah. that I came across. Ah, we're looking. Is we're it, looking forward to. Do you have a name you can share? Her name is Michelle. We can we can share it after. Yeah, the, she'll the share show her too. last name. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, we can share it after the show Michelle, too. Michelle, I'm gonna have to practice her last name. I know it looks like it says gnome, but I don't think it is. I think no. it's something else. I get my letters mixed up sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, well, no, that's very no. exciting that you're going to have them on the show. Yeah, yeah I'll send you a link to yeah, who sure. she is. I just saw her. It was like a podcast. I get lots of you know, newsletter emails from different people. And it was somebody, Julia Campbell, okay. um, her her newsletter, and she did a podcast with with her. And I was like, oh, anything, cool. anytime anybody says inclusion, I'm like, who are you? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so you do a really good job of stalking people, Leah. And so please continue <laughs> to do that. I'll, I'll do my best to stalk people too. <laughs> Try to find people as well. But thank you, Alexa, once again. Thank you for all of our audiences for for listening to this this particular episode it's fantastic please look look for alexa's uh, great tool in her internet uh yes. page and her internet tool that she has on social media and all of our media all of her media platform it's really useful mm-hmm. for all of you marketing wonderful social media people who are always you know in the social media world and marketing world, it's very, very useful website. And I think people should really t- take a look at this. Uh, and I say should because they should. 
for sure. <laughs> Take a look at this and uh, and connect with Alexa if you have any questions or or about accessibility as well. And uh, thank you, Leah, for once again for being part of the show and for putting up with me today. <laughs> it's always it's always a good thing. Yeah, just him and I in the office, so you know. It's just, it's just me, me and you today. So uh, thank you, everyone, and uh, I hope you all have a wonderful day. And keep remember to live your life with all. Wonderful day.